What's up, industrial marketer? From Gorilla76, the industrial marketing agency, this is the Manufacturing Marketer Podcast, a show dedicated to all the small marketing teams working at companies that make stuff. I'm Brendan, and with me is Mary Keo. On today's show, we are pumped to have the manufacturing millennial himself, Jake Hall. Jake, what's up, man? Brendan, it's, it's, uh, it's great to be back and, and having these conversations again. Yeah, it's great to have you back too, man. So last week on Industrial Marketing Live, we had a great conversation together about how trade shows can be valuable you know, if you do them right. We talked a lot about leveraging social media and what to do pre and post show. So today, what I'd like to discuss with you is how do we actually set ourselves up for success at a trade show? And I think we could probably take this conversation in two ways, and I would like to do both of those today. Uh, let's talk about you know from the exhibitor perspective first, and then later in the show, we'll talk about uh, having success as an, as an attendee. So Jake, what, what should we be thinking about um, while we're at the trade show, I know like that starts before the trade show. So what things are, are you thinking about going into going into the show? Yeah. Well, I think the first thing that I always look at for, let's start with exhibitors going to these. Um, the first thing that's important for exhibitors to have success at trade shows is for people to be aware that you're actually going to be at a trade show. Mm-hmm. And a lot of times we had this expectation that us as a company, we're, we're setting it up. We, we purchased a 10 by 10 or a 10 by 20 booth or whatever size booth. And we're just going to go there. And all of a sudden, all these leads are going to fall into our lap mm-hmm. with zero preparation leading up to the event. And that's, and that's not the case at all. A lot of times, and I, I, forget, I can't forget the exact number, but isn't there like a number out there of statistics that's saying a sale only happens like at the seventh touch or something like that? There's some, oh, yeah, you know, like that. Yeah. There, there's some number out there, but I think the same things to has to do with successful marketing is oh, yeah. you're not going to get your first conversation, your first sale, your first successful turnaround, or you know, uh, a person coming to your booth the first time they hear from you. A lot of times when People walk in the trade show floor, they've heard about you, they've had some sort of engagement, they've heard about some success that you're driving or some product that you have, and that's what pushes them a lot of times to go and have that conversation. Mm -hmm. So before you even go and you start exhibiting at the trade show, what are you doing to let your existing, um, I guess you could say, your existing community of end users or partners or people who are buying your product, so let them know that you're going to be at the show. And I think that's just the biggest thing. So what are you doing from social media campaigns? What are you doing from email campaigns? What are you doing from posting on LinkedIn to say, hey, here are the top five problems that we heard our customers face last year. Yeah. And this is what we're going to be addressing at the trade show mm-hmm. or at this booth. And we Jake, are- bringing- I love how you, how you frame that around the problem that your customers are having and not your product. Yeah. And, and then that's the whole entire thing because people are like, well, I just don't want to go to the booth and get and get sold to for five, 10, 15 minutes. I want to go to the booth to learn how are you going to help me? Mm-hmm. And 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 that and that attitude starts before you even hit the trade show because that's why so many people are resilient to go up to booths and they always keep, you know, that. 10 foot distance of walking in the middle of the aisle. So they don't have to talk to either side and just keep walking. Mm -hmm. You know, it's, it's one of those things where you need to create a commonality. And a lot of times that commonality is, is the problem or that commonality is the people. Um, And, and you want to continue a conversation that you had before, or you've had existing stuff and you might have a customer that's on the edge of engaging in, in a partnership of some sort. And you're leveraging the trade show to say, Hey, come in person. 
Let's talk in person. You can see all this other stuff. But while you're at the show, stop by and talk to us. Mm-hmm. Um, so, so going back to, you know, the original, you know, question of how do you prepare for a trade show um, or what, what do you do to make it successful? You, you start before the trade show even goes in. So so going out there and having those conversations um, through social media, I think is one thing. So posting on LinkedIn or Instagram or Facebook yeah. is one. Social media campaigns is one. I also think you know, video is such a powerful tool. And if you can go out there and you can leverage 15, 15, 25, 30 second bites of information of, hey, here's a sneak peek of what we're doing, or that it's going to give them a better taste of excitement yeah. to say, oh, we have something fun that's happening happening at our booth. And I think that's the biggest thing from a uh, from, from a social campaign that you could yeah. do. The other thing that I would say is, if you're preparing to go to trade shows, you as a marketer or you as a person who's planning the event need to find out what else is happening at that trade show besides just the expo floor. Mm-hmm. Are there interviews that you can book out with a person who is having a podcast booth there? Like me, for example, you know, is to, 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 do, to do brands or um, are there video crews that are going in to do interviews during your booth to give you content afterwards? Are you bringing yeah. your own crew or are there sessions that you can be a part of? Can you go and book a 45 minute Q and a with a, a learning panel there or a session, or are there open abstracts that you can submit to be on a panel as, you know, uh, um, a guest to do that stuff? Because what's going to happen is a lot of times there's general, I guess you could say general topics. Let, let's just pick one. Um, the, the introduction of industry 4.0. Right. A lot of right. times that's a very heavy hitter at manufacturing trade mm-hmm. shows because people hear this term all the time. They hear smart manufacturing. They hear digital transformation. They need to better understand what it is. So you have that as a an intro to get people to come and listen to you. They listen to you for 45 minutes and they say, wow, this is actually really interesting. I want to learn more. And then at the end of your session, you say you want to learn more. Come by our booth. We're showing off these latest tens in technology or solutions that you provide. Yeah. And, and that's a means to get people who are actively at the trade show there to come by your booth. Mm-hmm. Um, and it's, it's, a, it's a, what I would say is another soft touch for people to come become familiar with your brand, yeah. familiar with your solutions before they even walk up to your booth. Mm. And, and so that's like, that's one of the other things that I would say is that's going to make you massively successful at the trade show is don't just think your only conversations are going to happen in your booth. They happen through the networking events. They happen during the happy hour. They happen during the sessions. Um, and those are all things that you need to, to explore to be successful at. Yeah, a little anecdote on that. At my former company, one of my coworkers, product marketing manager, go to all the trade shows. We went to this really specific one down in the southwestern part of the United States. It was like for coding professionals, right? So it's like chemical engineers, you know, those types of guys that are like making chemicals and paints and coatings and all that stuff. And we presented on energy efficiency in those plants, right? They got pumps that are working all day, 24 hours. Like, so like we had a pretty good idea who the, who the people were going to be at the show. And he did a talk on energy efficiency, sustainability within your chemical plant. And they had so many questions. He had to bring everybody from the session into the hallway to keep asking questions. Uh, So that was, that was a really great uh, place for him to like, just put content out. I wish I would have been there filming that, (laughs) but I want to tell, but like, yeah, Jake, I think you're right. Like, that is a great way to get people to come back to your booth then to talk about 
the problems that they're having and then the products that you have to solve those problems, right? I think that's really cool. The, you know, the other thing I would add with that as well is what are you doing to leverage partnerships mm-hmm. at upcoming trade shows? And I think yes. one thing that robot companies do really well is they lend their arms to let companies or manufacturers have their robot arms in the booth, like a Universal Robot or KUKA or Kawasaki or Fanuc or you know, all the companies out there. Yeah. And they leverage their partnerships, they leverage their systems integrators and the distributors and um and their partners to say, hey. We can't do it by ourselves. What can we do to empower you to collaborate together on driving a solution? So you might not, you, you could be on either end of that conversation. You could be the manufacturer that's listening to this right now that has all those robots and needs to go out and give them to 20 different people. Or you could be on the other end where you are a much smaller manufacturer that has a much smaller budget. And you need to go out to the, and find out and say, who are our partners that we work with that we can collaborate to maybe get something that's going to attract us more in the booth. And I think it's one of those things is a lot of times success from Success from expos and conferences aren't something that you're doing by yourself. You're collaborating with other people. You're working with other people. And that's something that you need to explore. Um, and so like, that's one thing that I would say is, is dramatically missed when we, we, when we were doing the IML Live. You know, we, we had some great conversations on that. But I think one of the biggest things is how do you make it so your booth isn't boring? And yeah. maybe this was transitioning into a, you know, a future question that we have, but we'll just kick it off here. How you how you make it so your booth isn't boring is if you're a solutions provider that can't bring in a massive machine that's running a, a manufacturing operation or there's so many, you know, NDAs behind what you guys do that you can't share, you know, show it off. There are other opportunities to explore where, hey, if you are a robot integrator or systems manufacturer, reach out to those partners and saying, hey, we have this booth that's here. We want to put something cool in there. What can we do to partner with you? to put something in our booth, but also share what products and solutions that we're doing. And it's, 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 it's a multi-benefit point of view where not only are you driving more engagement within your booth, within your booth by having something that's more attractive, that's going to draw people in, you're as a marketer, as a person, you're creating a better relationship with your strategic partners. Yeah. And, and when you're saying, we want to work with you at this trade show, they're all of a sudden seeing the investment that you're putting in, mm-hmm. where that's going to continue better relationships with not just your customers, but also your partners and, and the people that help you produce the products and solutions that you guys need. Nice. Jake, back on the, uh, the awareness piece and like the things to do pre-show is there anything like the, the trade shows provide that you think are a valuable thing for you to do, you know, before the show, like, you know, the sponsorships, um, you know, any, any of like that stuff outside of the sessions and the talks, like, um, you know, buying the list, um, you know, like I haven't done a trade show in a while, but it's like, you know, all those weird little things that the trade show lets you do uh, yeah. beforehand, like, you know, like a sponsored post on the trade show website or, you know, stuff like that. Like, do you think there's any value in doing that or should the company take all that on themselves? You know, I think you guys should be careful with it. First thing I'll say is buying lists more than likely that's a scam. So I'm going to put that out there right now. Most trade shows don't sell attendee lists. Um, so if you're out there and you're all of a sudden getting a ping for like, hey, like I've gotten literally pings for buy the registration list for a show that hasn't even happened yet. I'm like, yeah, eh, it's probably not real. Um, yeah. So for you as a marketer, just just to save you, you know, stress or embarrassment, what it is more than likely you're 
you can't buy lists. Um, so I'm glad you mentioned that because yeah. that's a, that's a common thing that people brand new to the industry fall for, thinking that they just they just could buy a list. So so don't do that. Or if it is available, do your due diligence in asking. Um, you know the the other thing that I would say is. So let's let's look at sponsorships, for example, as, as one option. I think sponsorships are important depending on what is the um what is your relationship with the association that you're a part of. And, and there's different things, right? You know, if you're a part of an association that you're sponsoring to and you're giving back to that association, there's a lot of benefits that go beyond just what's happening at the trade show. There's a lot of stuff that just from relationships that are built up. But if you're a brand new person entering the market and you're like, do I spend $5,000 to sponsor a happy hour event, I would go out there and I would find out and say, how many people are going to be attending this happy hour? Where's my name going to be posted and what that looks like? And, and there's so many clever ways to do stuff. Now, I know companies who went out there, um, gosh, this probably happened four or five years ago, where they didn't sponsor through the organization. They went out there and they contacted the hotel and they said, we want to put our logo on all of the room cards of everyone who exhibited through that. So they have their, I, I don't know if I have one around here. I had one around here where they went out there and they, they put their logo. Okay. Thanks for attending this event. Come see us at booth number that. So every person literally got handed a thing and they're literally carrying around that company's, you know, business card with Dang, them every okay. time they open up their door going out there, you know? So like, that's a fun, you know, a fun thing that's, and a lot of times that's actually a package now that you can get, but, um, what what do show people do that that has benefit? I think one is, um, I like knowing where my where the map floor is, especially from an attendee. And maybe this is getting more into an attendee uh, perspective more than an exhibitor perspective. But I think from um, from an exhibitor perspective, some other things I do that I've seen are beneficial is sometimes uh, conferences and uh, trade shows they'll host like a one hour or one hour prep session of, hey, this is stuff that you need to know before you attend a trade show. Those are always important, especially if you're new to the industry to learn all those tidbits. A lot of times those are extremely successful. Media packages are extremely important. And honestly, network with the trade show person. And mm -hmm. a lot a lot of times, and it depends on the size of the trade show. I know we got into the super large trade shows. We also talked about micro trade shows. This is probably much more on a micro trade show level. Mm -hmm. But if you reach out to the people who are putting on that trade show from a micro trade show level and say, hey, what can we do to help support and, and um, drive awareness to your event? A lot of times they're actually a lot more willing because they're already so overwhelmed by putting on such a small trade show because a lot of times only three, four, five people are putting on that trade show compared yeah. to literally 50 that are, or a hundred yeah. that are putting on shows like automate, you know? Mm -hmm. So it's, it's completely different. So from, from going from a, tr a small trade show perspective, reaching out to the, the planning committee, whoever's putting those on and saying, Hey, do you have a page that we can reference to? Do you have media, you know, images that we can use? Those conversations there a lot of times can re result into relationships that go that are really um, beneficial beyond your yeah. investment, and, and that's one thing that I would that would and uh, that's just going back to the whole entire thing, relate yeah. how important relationships are. But you know that's another thing that I would recommend going out there is is finding out, being active and saying what can we do to help promote your event, and once again leveraging off of that because they they recognize and they see that. Mm. That's awesome. That reminds me of um, Girl 76. A couple of us went to what was the it was like a Missouri Association for Manufacturers. Yeah. yeah. 
Um, and just speaking slots, no exhibitor, you know, they got free passes to attend the entire show and the board at Missouri association for manufacturing was like, when are you guys coming back? Like, can we give you more speaker slots? And it's like, that's all like free publicity right there. So like to your point, Jacob, just like making sure you're networking and adding value to those micro trade show boards, the people who run it, these very small teams, it can be super beneficial for your company overall. Oh, absolutely. Getting, getting involved from a, um, I don't know. We're kind of leaving. We're, we're kind of leaving just the the expo side. But getting involved, sitting on a board, sitting on an advisory committee, like that's all massively manu- you know beneficial stuff. That is no cost besides a lot of times your time. Yeah. Um, and those are things that I would I would honestly very much explore and saying, hey, there's a um, there's an advisory board that we need to pick keynotes for this year or sessions for this year or figure yeah. out where we're going to host the venue. Like that's all stuff that you can get a part of and it will massively benefit you down the road, especially if you might have more time than money available being at a smaller company. Yeah. Then you get to kind of keep a pulse on your industry too, right? So you're on this board, you're hearing from people across your industry in all different types of roles and you're just absorbing all of those industry trends and problems. Exactly. Yeah. That's awesome. All right, Jake, I have a super, super tactical question at the trade show. Yeah. Does it matter where the booth is? And if it does, where do you put it? <laughs> um, yeah, I mean, oh boy. Uh, so a lot of times you're... Because I'll say like, that's the one thing, like it seems like the trade show folks hold over you. It's like, if you don't book your booth today at the trade show next year, you're screwed, man. Yeah, <laughs> I, I, honestly. So so when, when I'm looking at you know, when I'm looking at trade shows, a lot of times I'm looking towards the, the I guess, most middle of the floor if possible. A lot of times people like to um, um, book right towards the entrance and it's really good. But a lot of times those are really, those are the most expensive st- stuff. And also a lot of times when people are walking in for the first time, they don't like to like they don't stop at the first booth when they get in there right away. They, a lot of times they like to merge back and get out of the traffic a little bit. So a lot of times oh, so it's, like, always, it's like a Disney world strategy. Yes, exactly. <laughs> exactly. And that's, that's 100%. It's like a Disney world strategy. Um, you know, and, and I think what, what I always look for is I'm always looking for corners. If I can get corners because you always have traffic that way. Um, a lot of times, depending on what I'm looking at, I'm looking at who are the big companies mm-hmm. that are going to be driving an audience, right? Because let's face it, if you're a if you're a fan of America at an event like this, and you have the opportunity to get a booth right next to Fanic America, it makes perfect sense, right? Because you know a ton of traffic is yeah. going to be right there. If you are in an expo hall and there's um and there's booths right next to the keynote session slots. And like another room, it makes sense to sometimes have it there because a lot of times you have people standing around waiting to get into the next slot or they leave and they come out and have that conversation. A lot of times those are really good spots. Um, You know, a lot of times trade shows, you you pay for what you get and 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 there's truth to that. But at the same time, I'm always looking for main aisles, corners. Uh, because a lot of times corners allow you to also open up your booth space a lot more right. because if you're, if you're down a main aisle, you'd really only have one, um, 
you know, entry point where if you have a corner booth, a lot of times you can have a lot more open floor plan, which encourages people to come in. So those are things that I explore as well. But a lot of times it also goes to with what are you displaying in your booth, right? Because sometimes you might have a display where you only want it from one side versus more Mm -hmm. of an open booth. So that's something you have to figure out as well to learn what am I actually putting in my booth. But, um, you know, main aisle ways, corner booths. I like to have booths next to speaker sessions and halls like that. Those are always a lot of fun. If you have something that's really fun and engaging, um, you know, I've seen some stuff being pretty successful next to food courts because that's another very high traffic area. People have to go and eat during the day. I would avoid the bathroom never the <laughs> bathrooms, but for the, for the food courts and stuff like that, that's a really good one. Because a lot of times, if you have a fun, engaging one, I was at one where um, a group had a, uh, one company had a pinball machine in their booth next to the food court. So people okay. were doing that stuff. And then everyone, you always hear these alarms going off and people are literally watching people play pinball when they're eating. They're like, okay, I'm going to go play pinball because I could beat that score. You know, like so that was going to be, that's a greasy pinball machine then. <laughs> <laughs> you know, but, but, so, so like stuff like that, I, I think, okay. I think, um, you know, can be something that, that makes it successful. Okay. Another tactical question for you. Yeah. Say you are in, uh, you know, down the aisle, you're not on the corner. What are you doing for your backdrop on a 10 by 10? Oh, that's a good one. That's a good one. Um, it all depends on your budget. And, and I think, yeah. I think, you know, it's one of those things where because um, I, I think we can say right here too, like you are not a fan of the table next to the aisle that separates you from yeah. your audience. Right. Yeah, so get, let's get that table out of the way. You yeah. know, that, that, nice. the, 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 the eight foot table in between you and that is just a barrier from conversation. Yeah, <laughs> it's, it's, not, it's not inviting at all. So um, even if you're down that aisle, try to open it up a little bit so that people can come into your booth and yeah, out. push it, push it to the side. So then you can have people that are standing there. I, I mean, and, and have those encouragements that way. Um, yeah. Okay. So a backdrop for a 10 by 10 booth, you know, you need something there because it is free real estate at the end of the day. So, I mean, yeah. you can go out there and you can buy a, a pop-up 10 by 10, you know, accordion fold out thing that's going to have a nice canvas on your back. I think it needs to be something that's attractive. And I think it always follows that the, what I would say, like, you, you ever heard like the 30, 30, 30 um, PowerPoint um, term? Oh, yeah. Yeah. I'll just send this like, to you. What is I, it like? I wrote, it's like 30 words at 30 point fonts. And 30 something. Oh, yeah, yeah. Yeah, I wrote an article on it like two years ago. And it was actually one of my first like viral posts I ever posted on LinkedIn back in like summer of 2020. Um, But yeah, it's it's the exact same thing, right? People need to understand really quickly within 10 seconds of looking at your back wall. What do you do? What are you solving? Can you relate to them? And if you have so much word on there where they're struggling to find out what you're solving, you know, that's the biggest thing. And like, So, So to me, that sounds like, I cringe now back when I was a marketing coordinator, I worked for a small um, family owned company and we had the company name and then a couple of bullet points. And I cringe now. Cause it's like, I hate like, you know, leading marketing with bullet points. And so now like in my head, what you just said, Jake, to me is your company name. And then what is your, if you have, what's your website headline? That's what you should have what, on what, your, on your booth. Yeah, what's, your, what's your tagline? Make, and- make sure your, your website headline is good. <laughs> You know, and and like for me, this is this is just my, and I'm sure I'm going to have disagreement from from other marketers like this. I'd rather instead of talking about what are all the the products that you guys sell, what are all the problems that you solve? Mm-hmm. You know, and and I think like that's so much more relatable. How can we help you with downtime? 
what's your, you know, labor force situation look like? Yeah. Do you have a problem with um, procurement? You know, this is a solution that we provide. How do you generate better leads yeah. for, you know, your company? You know, like it depends on all these different services that you that, but like, I feel like relating to uh, trying to, to say what problems you solve are a lot easier to communicate than saying what products that you sell saying, you know, we, we, we have a really cool software that helps you with um, production management, you know, and saying we can, we can do that versus let us help drive efficiency with your machines. You know, I, I think, I think that is a lot more relatable when it comes to, you know, people relate, like, like, like I said before, people relate to pro uh, problems a lot more than they relate to products. I mean, that's just, that's just writing good copy at the end of the day. Oh, 100%. Right. But, but at the same time though, I feel like, you know, at the end of the day, like some things I, I just, I, I, I scratch my head on is like, I've, I've been by Boost before. They literally have like a picture of our boot. Our company was started in 1942 and we have, you know, this and this and this is like, oh, that's no cool. one cares. I'm glad you guys are old. But <laughs> for, for me, for, for me, if you're an 80 year old company, like I immediately, this, this is just me being in the industry for so long. Oh, so you guys are really old and you're not using anything modern for solutions. Like, like, I, like that's a horrible like thing to say about companies. But a lot of times, like, I feel like, oh, if you're so old, that means a lot of times your equipment's old. So like saying you've been around for a long time, just immediately think so has your equipment and solutions, you know, and, and, yeah. and I would rather you guys approach out there to talk about what is all the cool productivity that you guys are doing. If you're, or if you are a, um, if you're, if you're a manufacturer of steel components, you make steel hardware and you're, you know, you're, you're a, a manufacturer that you're at a spring and stamp show, you know, don't tell me how old your company is. Tell me, here's all the cool solutions that we have on the floor. Here's how many parts that we produced last year, you know, relate it, make it more relatable than just like telling me how old your company is. And, and that's just something that I would, because I, I think after you draw them in, you can show them the accolades that you have of why you're a successful company, yeah. but first show them what you're solving as a company. Yeah. And then you could talk about the success of those solving second secondary. If that, if that it, it goes down to, you have a 60 second elevator speech. I'm not going to, if I'm going out there and I'm talking about something, I'm not going to talk about what my company did in the past. Right. I'm going to talk about what I'm going to do for you in the future. Love that. You know, yeah, I love and that that's, too. And that's how I would, you, you, you're, you're battling for people's time and attention. You better do it right the first time. That's right. Even yeah, if you, you an, might have that's a such an interesting point. Yeah. Like companies love to talk about, like we work with them every day and they like, yeah, we've been around for six years. We've been around for 50 years. And I never thought about the message that just like sets it like that you're old school, you know, that you're not advancing stuff in your industry. Um, yeah, it's interesting because I think they like it because it shows people that you're, um, solid, they're, they're that stable, you're, right? Yeah. yeah, you're a stable yeah. company, but in the end, stable is also safe and people like fun stuff. Yeah. <laughs> and, and I think, I think it's one of those things where, well, like I said, show them what you're doing. And then that's a secondary thing that yes. draw them in and then give them that comfort second. If that, if that makes, it For makes sure. sense. Yeah. On the way I'm, on the way I'm communicating. No, that makes total sense, Jake. Um, Mary, do you have any other questions you want to ask on the exhibitor side before we uh, jump over to attendee? Yeah, I was looking at some of the questions, but a lot of them are kind of 
more attendee focused. So I think the, we covered the questions all that. The currently looking at are from our industrial marketing live show that we do twice a month, uh, Thursday mornings. Jake was on with us last week. Um, and we had a bunch of, like, we had a bunch of people in there asking questions in the chat. It was a Jake, that chat was on fire. I can't believe you were doing a good job keeping up with it too, while you're talking. Um, uh, but so yeah, that, that's what Mary's looking at is all of our extra questions we did not get to on the live show. Okay. I have one exhibitor question that we haven't addressed here, and I'm not sure that we necessarily addressed it in full at industrial marketing live. Um, so let's say you get to go to, um, a micro show. Yep. So you're going to a micro show, not a big one. What kind of content are you ideally filming and or making at that micro trade show? So if any, I, so if I'm an exhibitor and I'm mm -hmm. going to a micro trade show, just classify if if you were a part of that. I I, I view you know micro trade shows as like three thousand attendees and 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 under is like that. This mm -hmm. isn't this isn't the big boys of the automates, the promats, the IMTSs. This is the Missouri Association for Manufacturers that you guys went to. And I, I had talked to last week and they're amazing. Like three people put on that show and yeah. like, they were so happy and they're already excited for 2024. Um, what is the kind? So the question is, is Mary, what is the content that you focus on making as an exhibitor at that trade show? Yes. There, there's, there's a few things that I would, I would say is what, what do I want to hit on? One is if you have a, if you have your top sales guys there or your top solutions there right away, you have a phenomenal opportunity with a good backdrop and interaction to get 60 second sound bites of you talking about products. This isn't five minute interviews. This is 30 to 60 second sound bites that you as a marketer, marketing team are going to use for the next six to 12 months as material to tell your story. And the other thing I would look at as well is a lot of times you have your customers at these trade shows. So you have the opportunity to immediately capture a 30 to 60 second interview with one of your end users, one of your customers on the success that they've had. So if you're out there, don't just interview your own employees, interview the people that you might already have a relationship or a partnership with. If I'm a, if I'm a custom machine builder, if I'm a machine builder that's making components, that's doing stuff out there, and you have... Um, um, Fanic, who is a partner that you guys work with, or Rockwell or Siemens, they have one of the reps say, hey, come to our booth and we want to interview you for 60 seconds to talk about what is the industry trend that you're seeing. You have the opportunity with all these subject matter experts in the area to be creating content for you to be pushing on your page. And I think it's one of those things that we talked about earlier by leveraging partnerships. But if you're out there, you should be leveraging conversations beyond just your company, but all of your, your partners as well. And I think that's just a, that's a massive miss that a lot of companies don't do well on. Um, and I know you guys work with, with a lot of machine builders. That's why, you know, machine builder, you know, came up in mind is if they're at a trade show and they have a video crew that's there, they shouldn't just be talking about themselves. They should be bringing in a Siemens or a Wackwell or a Fanic or a ABB or a KUKA or a UR or a Kiants, you know, SICK, whatever. You know, there's so many different, I'm thinking, manufacturing supply and companies that are out there to bring them in to talk about stuff. Because I just look at it, the more content you can capture, the more engageable your social media page is going to be down, down the road. Right. And I think the companies that do that really well, who have more conversations with other experts besides themselves goes to that. And like, that's the one thing, like I would say, 
why a lot of my content is so successful is I'm hardly ever talking about what I'm doing on my own profile page. I'm always talking about what everyone else is doing. And that's what drives in engagement. And I think it's that same philosophy that you should be doing with you as a marketer whose goal is to drive brand awareness and more conversations back to you. It's a lot more easy to talk about other people to bring them back to you than it is just to be talking about yourself all the time. And I, I think that that that's really worked out with me with my own personal brand and the engagement that I get. Um, you know, because like last week on on social media, I think I had 1.9 million views last week on social media for, nice. for, for that content. And not one of those posts was talking about anything that I'm doing. It's talking about all the different industry segments, what other companies are doing, what other trade shows are out there, how companies are solving problems, statistics around manufacturing. Um, and you could do that exact same thing at a trade show, capturing that that information. And, and, and what, the other thing I want to say is, don't feel like you have to have a, a massive, expensive video crew to hire there. Like I shoot all of my content on a Samsung S22, my phone, and I have a mic pack that plugs into my USB-C that has two clip-on lapel mics, one for me, one for the people. And like, that's how I film 95% of my content when I'm at trade shows. You do not need to go out there and if you if you can, I'd recommend it because you can get really good content. But at the same time, there is a really good level of authenticity yes. when it shows of if you have decent video and audio quality, you can you're holding a thousand dollar camera in your pocket. It's not like, you know, it's not like it was six years ago, 10 years right. ago when you're shooting on 720p on your phone. I'm shooting 4K 60 FPS with a very high, you know, image range. I mean, so like that's one thing I'll look at as well is. Don't think, oh, I can't hire a video crew this year, so I can't do it. You have one in your pocket. Just go out there and spend a couple hundred bucks on a couple of clip-on lapel mics. Get them situated. Go watch YouTube for 30 minutes to learn how to use the microphone. Yeah. And I, you'll be blown away how good of quality you can make just by some very simple plug-in devices for your phone. Um, and, and so like, that's the other thing I would say is the barrier to entry for good content is almost nothing, you know? And, and, and so don't let the excuse be that I can't afford a video crew to come on site for $3,000 to do that. You have a phone, go out there. And the next step is if you wanted to go get a, a DJI, um, you know, stabilizer to hold your phone and then do a few more things. And, and really you can make some amazing content with almost no financial investment. So don't let that be an excuse. That's what I, yeah. I guess is what I'm trying to say. <laughs> That's why it's such well, a big I, miss when companies don't create this sort of content. Because it's so easy to do. Yeah, it is. And yeah. so few manufacturers actually do it. It becomes a differentiator for your company almost. Like if you're like the one out there, like you're the voice in the wilderness talking about this stuff. Um, like, look at, like look at you, Jake. Like you just said you had 2 million views or whatever last, last week on social media. It's cause like, you're like one of the few people that are out there doing this. Yeah. You know, I think it's like, what my opinion is like, what I'm doing is nothing special. Yeah. I've had some good luck along the ways and I've been in the industry for a long time, but like for me, it's just, it's just putting in the work a yeah. lot of times and it's the reputation. And like, for me, I've literally made a post on LinkedIn every single day for the past two and a half years. Like I have not missed one day on LinkedIn. And I think repetition mm -hmm. creates success. Yeah. 
And, you know, uh, it's it's when people, when they're losing weight or they're working out or they have all these hobbies, you know, repetition makes success. There's, it's no different from a, a marketing perspective. And I think that's the biggest thing is like, people are like, oh my gosh, you just ran this Google ad campaigns. We're all my leads. Well, it doesn't happen overnight. Like people think like all of a sudden they pay 24 hours for a Google ad campaign and yeah. they just expect all this stuff just to roll in immediately. <laughs> no, that's not how it, how it works. And that's the exact same thing when it comes to creating content on pages or a lot of times, sometimes even trade shows. You might not, you might not be successful at your first trade show because it's your first time versus people who've been there for five, six years. But if you were to go back and you, you keep investing and you keep learning and you say, oh, I like what they did that time or next year, yeah. oh, I want to bring this and bring this, you know, that's how you drive success. Success doesn't have you. You don't go and do your first marathon that you trained for for six months and expect that's the best result you're going to get. You're going to do it again, learn from it, do it again, learn from it, prepare differently. And, and that's, that's how you that, keep moving. That forward. first one would be the best one I do. Cause I'm not doing another one. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> uh, Jake, that was some really good stuff. All right. Let's talk quick about from the attendee perspective. All right. Like we, cause we talked about like most manufacturers, Mary, you've talked about this ad nauseum on LinkedIn. Uh, if you're, you know, not investing into your digital marketing, um, you know, please don't spend a half a million dollars of your marketing budget only at trade shows. So like, let's not go to automate or MTS or like, you know, uh, manufacturing design in Minnesota, you know, all those big shows, but there is something else you could do at those big shows, Jake. So how do, how do we view attending those shows and getting success from those shows while you're not exhibiting? Yeah. Yeah. I mean, if you can't exhibit the show, attending the show is the next best thing. Um, and, and, and attending cool. like, like, like attending is probably the best thing to do at those big shows, right? If we're talking about a 50 to a hundred thousand dollar trade show booth, uh, attending is a lot more cost. Effective. Yeah. 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 Absolutely. <laughs> absolutely. And, and especially if you, and like the other thing as well is I would say attend a trade show and see if it's a good fit. Like that's the biggest thing that I looked at is if you're, if you're brand new to a company, you just stepped into a marketing position. It might make, in my opinion, it makes more sense for you if you're new to the industry, go to a show, experience what the show is yeah. to walk away from that. Like you guys went to the, the the Missouri Association for Manufacturers and you guys went and you did that show. I think it was the first time you guys went to that show. I think it's yeah. one of the first years they did that. Now that you have a better idea, I think you guys as, as a company where you have a lot of people based in Missouri, you know, are going to be looking at it and saying, well, okay. This was fun. How do we invest more into it next year to maybe next year, maybe we do have a booth or maybe next year we might have some more keynote sessions or, you know, get more involved this way or host. A, maybe we don't, maybe we don't expo. Maybe we host a happy hour session, you know, so there's, there's a lot of things. And I think that starts with attending. So if you are a, if you are a company who says expoing for me this year is not within the budget, go to attend. And I think the biggest thing, um, if you're attending and you're walking a trade show, going with a plan is going to be your most is going to, is going to create your most success. Where I always like to start personally is whenever I go into a trade show, the first thing I do is I click on the floor plan. Like I don't see what sessions are happening. I click on the floor plan because I get that gives me a good idea what's the size of the show. And that, and that will tell me how long I need to be there for. If I'm flying in, can I fly in that morning or can I drive in that morning and then leave that evening? Or is this a two-day event? So judging by the floor expo real quick and the size of it's going to tell me that. But then as well is I'll go on there and I'm going to go through all the companies and do a quick glance over. And I'm just going to 
either print it out or a lot of times they'll have it embedded in there where you can download an app, you can click on it, bookmark it, and you'll save it. And I'll say, okay, I want to visit that company, that company, that company, and that company because I'm familiar with it or it's because I've heard their name before and I actually, I want to learn more about them. Mm-hmm. Well, then a lot of times as well is within these app within these apps, a lot of times the exhibitors will be allowed to use um, tags or um or categories that they're yeah. speaking in. So then I'll search by categories that I want to do. So like, I want to learn about what companies are in robotics. So when I search robotics, it will generate all the companies that are there and that I can look through those more in detail. So the floor map is one thing because that gives me a plan of where the companies are located. So if I want to go talk with a company, I'm not walking around trying to find them. I have a game plan of like, okay, I'm going to go to talk to this company first. And if I'm going to talk to that company and I'm connect with that person on LinkedIn, I'm going to say, hey, I'm going to be by your booth. First thing tomorrow morning, are you going to be there? And I think that's the big thing that I look at as well is if you're an attendee, you need to be setting up conversations ahead of time to if you want to talk with people, it's a great opportunity to have those discussions, especially if you are, let's just go back to if you're a machine builder and you're not exhibiting at that, but you want to work with companies there that are leveraging technology, go out there and say, hey, I'm going to be reached by your booth. I'm going to go out there and I want to talk to you guys about an application I'm facing or what 2023 looks like for a partnership. Those are all things that I look at doing. The other thing I look at is sessions. Um, who's who's either the opening keynotes, what sessions are going on, and I'll go through the sessions page or the agenda page and I'm going to look through that and say, okay, what are some interesting categories that are relating to me? I'm probably not going to go anything that has to do with like the financial side of what a trade show is or procurement because I'm not on that side of the industry. But if it's like, how do we engage in a smart factory? How do we bridge the, you know, talk between IT and OT systems on a factory floor? Like that's stuff that I'm going to be going and checking out. Um, so like that's another thing that I'd be looking at is the the, the show uh, floor plan, the sessions. And then finally, like I look for networking events. Is there a a lunch in there or is there a women's and manufacturing event that I can be, you know, a part of, Um, you know, that's, that's one thing that I'm going to be looking at. Is there a women's and manufacturing breakfast or a lunch or a happy hour session? Those are all things I'm going to be looking at as well to continue that networking or just learn more about what these industries are doing to advocate and and move forward. Um, Those are all things that I'm, that I'm looking for. Uh, also to be successful at a trade show, you know, I'm bringing business cards. Um, I personally like to hand out business cards more than like have my bad scan. That's just something that, that I like to do. I'm more, uh, cause I like to write down notes and then hand it that way. That's just me personally. Um, or I'll use like, uh, an NFC chip on the back of my phone where I'm like, Hey, you want to connect with me? Here you go. Because what I don't want to do is I don't want to just be put on a generic email list. I want to actually, if I have a conversation, I want to actually talk to you. Um, those things I look at, comfortable shoes. Like, I think that's a big thing too. A lot of times people go to these trade shows, you know, you don't need to dress to impress. You need to, you need to dress to have the longevity of being yeah. able to walk around the show where two and a half hours in, you're not sitting in a chair, sipping on water because you're so exhausted because these heels that you're walking in, yeah. you know, guys don't, you know, have that big, <laughs> as much of a struggle <laughs> as and women do, but like wear shoes that are comfortable, you know, for you. Like, that's what matters. You're there. You're there to have conversations. You're there to learn. You're not there to like, I need to walk around and just be super, you know, where, where what's comfortable to you to learn yeah. is what, I guess what I'm trying to take away from that. So the thing that I'm hearing from both like the attendee and the exhibitor perspective, especially from a marketing standpoint is like, this is work. Like you are there to work, to hustle. So having oh, yeah. the game plan ahead of time, mm-hmm. you know, being at the exhibitor booth, it's like, this is work. Like you need to make sure you're maximizing your experience just like you are every single day. 
Absolutely. And you got to read just like, looks like uh, I see Brennan's kid in the background has a book. He's like, yeah, he reads to me. <laughs> That's book. the exact same thing because not even five minutes ago, I saw my daughter like on the door. She's obsessed with the Grinch right now. So oh. she's like, I got a Grinch book, dad, read the Grinch to me. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> Oh, but no. yeah, I, yeah, but Mary, you're absolutely 100% correct. Going to a trade show or a conference is work. You know, don't just think you're going to go there, check out for four hours, drink when happy hour opens up at one o'clock in the floor, leave by three and start hitting all the bars, happy hours and all that stuff. For me, I, I view I view trade shows and conferences as the greatest opportunity to grow your brand and grow your company. Like that is, it is the 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 maximum i guess you could say time investment that you can get to meet people um and if you're not capturing that time you are completely losing out on on what those opportunities look like jake question for you on like how you approach you know the folks that are in the booth because a lot of time like sort of you know for talking about from a manufacturer's perspective you know a person going to walk the floor you go to talk to a company most of the people in the booth are either sales or marketers Right. So like they're not like the engineers that have the problems on the floor that you're trying to, uh, you know, trying to sell to. So like what types of conversations, you know, if you're attending, are you having with the people in the booth, actually? Yeah. I, you know, a lot of times. So, so yeah, there is, there is the sales and marketing people. I have seen more and more companies doing a better job bringing their engineers actually on okay. board. Like that's the one thing. If you're an exhibitor and, and you're doing that, don't just bring your salespeople, bring your people that actually know what they're talking about and you can leverage in and, and maybe, you know, you're a person that pulls the conversation in, but if there is more technical questions, you can say, Hey, I have, you know, Dan over there and Dan's talking to another customer, but he is our guy that knows how to deploy successful SCADA systems on your factory floor. If you want to wait around for a minute, he'll be there to talk to you and you guys can do that. I think, I think it also, that, that shows a level of, um, I guess you could say success that you want to drive because if people are like, oh, well, we'll just capture your business card and do that. You're missing out as an opportunity because I guarantee you there's a competitor on your floor that does have their engineer there that mm -hmm. is answering those deep technical mm -hmm. questions. And maybe your sales guys can do that, you know, not saying that they can't, but make sure you have someone there that's just out there to capture leads and just say, yeah. we'll follow up with you. Yeah. Um, so yeah, you, you, you have your, you have your salespeople, you, you have your marketing people there. Um, but I think at the end of the day, you need to figure out what is the best way if you're an attendee to learn the information that you're looking for, create a yeah. partnership or schedule a meeting, or if you're an exhibitor to make sure you're leveraging your subject matter experts there and then. Okay. Love it. Mary, do we have any other questions we want to get in here before we have to let Jake go? I think he addressed all of them. This was awesome. That's so good. Well, yeah. Cool. Um, well, Mary, we should talk about IML quick. Yeah, we should. So Jake joined us um, last week for a session called Industrial Marketing Live, and it is a bi-monthly event we host. It's Gorilla 76 strategists, writers, performance marketers. Then we also bring on guests like Jake all the time to talk about topics relevant to industrial marketing. So you can find out all that information at industrialmarketinglive.com. And we're hoping we see you there next time. Thursdays at 10 o'clock, such time. Uh, the other thing you should maybe check out is the Industrial Marketing Live Slack group. We have an online community full of industrial marketers. I think we're over 150 now. And people are in there talking about projects that they're working on, um, creative that they're doing, um, questions that they have, you know, we're 
also uh, marketers on small teams and you need help. You need mentorship. You need coaching. We're in there all the time answering questions and the community is amazing. Um, and I think Jake agreed to do a couple hour AMA, hopefully on trade shows. So we'll get that scheduled up probably after this goes live. So you guys can actually get in there uh, for those of you that are listening. Uh, so we'll get that scheduled. Um, Jake, how can people learn more about you? Yeah. Uh, connect with me, follow me on LinkedIn. I think this is the best place to do it. You know, I'm, I really enjoy having conversations and my message box is open. Like you don't have to be connected with me to send me a message. So send me a message, say, Hey, I, uh, I, I listened to you on the podcast or as part of IML, you know, let's have a conversation. If there's anything that I can do to get you connected um, with the right people, my goal is to help push this industry forward and advocate this industry. And uh, I'm just excited that everyone listening is a part of it or, right. or wants to be a part of it. Jake, I'll make sure that uh, the link to your LinkedIn profiles in the, in the description too, for everyone. Um, and with that, Jake, thank you so much for joining us uh, on our last two events. It's been a lot of fun. Um, glad we had a chance to hang out here. Um, yeah, I think that's all we got. So we'll let you go and we'll uh, we'll see you on the other side. Awesome. Thanks everyone. Thanks, Thanks Jake. Jake.